Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Spoken Path Podcast. I'm your host, Ashton Joseph, also creatively known as AJ. I'm someone that's currently walking along my path of being a creative entrepreneur artist. And on this podcast, you'll get to know and meet many other creatives, entrepreneurs, social media influencers, or impactors, and get to know their journey and their path. Let's go ahead and meet today's guest. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Spoken Path podcast. And guess what, guys? We are just about halfway through our first season, and we still got some more great guests and interviews, so keep on tuning in. Thank you for the download, shares, reviews, feedback, all that good stuff. So for today's episode, I got somebody walking along the culinary path. My guest is Thomas Squire. I'm going to call him a culinary influencer. Thomas is originally from Silver Spring, Maryland, and resides in Bethesda, Maryland. He's been chefing it up on this journey for about five to six years and has catered many events and is known for his famous crab mac and cheese. He's even had the opportunity to take his gifts and talents to the television, doing food segments, making appearances on Good Morning Washington and cooking alongside Rachel Ray. Let's go ahead and get into this episode and hear all about Thomas's journey. Thank you for tuning in to Spoken Path Podcast. Today, my guest is Thomas Squire. He's a chef, so welcome, Thomas. Thank you for being a guest. Always. This is totally a pleasure. Um, A long time coming, so happy to be here. Thank you. I'll go ahead and start with our quote. It's a pretty simple one, but I have, believe you can, and you're halfway there, and that's from Theodore Roosevelt. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. That's believing in yourself and putting yourself out there well thomas let's go ahead and get started so my first question is how did you get started what sparked the idea for thomas time let the guests know i guess i want to really take it back to maybe like the seventh grade like that's where i really first began really becoming excited about the culinary arts and wanting to explore what that could mean my great aunt who used to live in baltimore she's probably my biggest culinary inspiration Uh, Both my mom and my dad's side of the family are from North Carolina, so when we couldn't go back for holidays, we would go to my great aunt's house in Baltimore. And so Easter, Mother's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all of those holidays we would spend uh, with her and just the way that she was able to just like cook so well made me really want to figure out, okay, how do you make these turkey wings? You know, like, how do you make the collards? Like, how do you, how do you do all of those things? So in seventh grade, we had, or I had an older cousin who had known this authentic pastry and Italian chef in North Carolina. So I was supposed to go spend my summer with him and, you know, kind of be his sous chef and really learn how everything happens. So I went to North Carolina, never met the man for the entire summer. Spent the whole summer with my cousins, which was fine because they're family, but I never really got to do anything cooking or culinary wise. It kind of became second tier. And then growing up in, in Silver Spring, Maryland, I went to Blake High School. They had a really comprehensive TV production and journalism program. So after doing that program for like three or four years, I thought like, oh, I want to be a journalist. I want to be Leon Harris or I want to be Stuart Scott, you know, on ESPN. So I kind of started more on a journalism track. And even my senior year, my mom had asked, you know, do you still want to explore culinary schools? Or, you know, I know you're doing TV production and everything, but 
is that something you still want to explore? And I was like, no, like, I don't want to go to school for a trade. Like, I need to go to a four-year college and university because that's what everybody else is doing. You know, that's what they say. Didn't really explore it. And then to kind of not completely skirt through my college experience, but I cooked there and, you know, people loved my spaghetti and pasta dishes. So I would always do that, but still hadn't really thought about it in any formative kind of career path yet. After I graduated college, came back home, I went to Coastal Carolina University in Conway slash Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And after my job at WJLA, there was a period where I was looking for other jobs. Uh, I was working at RFCA Rainbow Family Christian Academy, and, and I was doing like before care and after care. I honestly just started like walking to work and just really became inspired on kind of this health journey, would walk back home, but I would like stop at Giant, I would stop at these farmer's markets and just kind of pick up whatever I was inspired by. And then I would cook. And as most millennials do, you cook and you post. So I was posting it on Instagram and on Facebook and, you know, top three comments, you know, did you really make that? Because, you know, we don't really believe you can cook, you know, that, or, you know, like, where's my plate? Like, oh, you cooked and ain't invite nobody over. Like, what's all that about? And then the third comment that became really reoccurring as well was, you know, well, can you share the recipe? You know, like, you should just start a blog. All of this food looks really good. You know, since you're not inviting us over, the least you can do is, you know, share the recipe. So that was probably in about, I would say 2013 or 2014 is when the blog kind of began for Thomas Time. And then Angela Walker, who I was on the step team with in like middle school, ended up opening this natural hair salon in White Oak slash Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, was doing this big natural hair event in Silver Spring and asked, like, hey, I see that you've been cooking, da 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 would you like to cater our VIP room or, like, how much would that cost? That was the first person that I'd ever catered for, and I was just like, uh, let me get back to you. Up until then, I was just primarily cooking for myself. Had a family friend who was a, who was a caterer, and so kind of reached out to her for some knowledge, some wisdom, like catering insurance. How much do people normally eat? How do I really correctly price everything out so that I'm not losing money? How do I really begin to, you know, some of those things? And so I would definitely say probably like 2013 or 2014 was kind of like that inception. That was definitely when I would just now get hit up by people to say, hey, I have this going, like we got a baby shower where, you know, we trying to do brunch. You know, how much would that cost? And so it's kind of been a really merry-go-round or roller coaster of a ride because it hasn't really had a formulaic, I think, journey or path, which life does not have, even though we feel as if that it should. But it's been a really cool journey so far. That's pretty cool. And like, I think it's beautiful to hear stories with people that have that one extra person that gives them that push. Like, so that's pretty cool. Shout out to that person. Well, your name, your blog name is Thomas Time, and Time is T-H-Y-M-E, like the seasoning. How'd you come up with that? When I was trying to think of a name and what, like, everything would be called, I was really into alliteration. I had seen, you know, a lot of people that 
cooking with Kaylee, you know, just like all of that just kind of felt natural. I'll actually show you a, a photo of or what I had originally painted out versus my real logo. David Warren, who we both know, was having kind of like this ministry event at his church. It was for young adults and it was different because you could paint, you could free write and creative write, or if you just kind of wanted to pray during that session. And so I was just like, oh, you know what? I haven't really painted in a while. Let me go there. I'm trying to think of the name and, you know, kind of everything. And I had just watched this documentary on Destiny's Child. Before they became Destiny's Child, they were called Girls Time and it was spelled like T-Y-M-E. So I was like, oh, I like the time, you know, Thomas time, the alliteration, there's always time for Thomas time. Like that was kind of, you know, the mode or the lane that I was in. So obviously, you know, thank you, Beyonce and Tina Knowles. But then the graphic designer that I was working with at the time, Michael Meadows, I kind of taken him my painting. It was, it was super busy because I was, you know, you're just kind of brainstorming. You're just kind of putting stuff you know, on the canvas, and he was just like, why, why isn't it time like the herb? My brain was exploding because I hadn't even correlated it with that, because I'm just thinking, again, physical time, but not, it just hadn't even reoccurred to me yet. But it was just like really cool to see something that, okay, cool, kind of what name do I want this to be? And kind of in some of those infancy phases and then actually developing it and even with Mike kind of helped come up with like the color scheme of what my logo and, and all that is now. It's been really cool because the reception from everybody has been like, that's like a really slick name, you know, like it's so natural. So um, that's kind of where the name came from. No, that's beautiful, and it's catchy. It's eye-pleasing, I guess you can say, because it's pretty cool to look at, like, when you see it on print, too. So that that's pretty dope. That's an awesome story. What would you say has been the most rewarding part of your journey so far? I think I have been very thankful and blessed that as soon as I said that I wanted to do this, there's been a community of people who have surrounded me, who have supported me, who have put my name in rooms that I don't even understand why I'm in. You know, most recently I got a call. One of my mentors has an imprint with Simon & Schuster, and which is like this big, you know, just like publishing house. She was just like, hey, we're doing a cookbook and I want you to cook the recipe for the cover of the cookbook. And I was just like, when do you want me to do it? So I think for me, I know that there's a lot of people who have passions, who are excited about, you know, the things that they want to do. And they sometimes don't necessarily feel like their tribe is really supporting them in, in the way that they see, you know, them possibly show up for other people. And so for me, the thing that I am most honored by is that my community, my tribe has just like shown up for me to be like, cool, like that's what you want to do. How do we support that? Just high school friends, elementary, middle school friends have literally just kind of reached out and have said, oh, hey, you do this. I have this event coming up. Can you send me the quote? Between Friday and Sunday, it's three people who I've at least known since high school who have all been like, hey, I have this going on or that going on and I want to support you. That's been the most like 
just wild thing about it because again, like I'm honored you didn't have to do that. And you could have gone, you know, to other people, but you decided to, you know, support me and, and show me business. So I'm very thankful uh, for that for sure. That's dope. That's dope. Um, you want to tell the people what your specialty is? What's the most popular thing that everybody orders? It's in the link in the bio. Um, it's definitely the Crab Mac. Um, it's definitely the Crab Mac. Um, and so you want me to give you kind of like the history in the background or? Yeah, go ahead and share. Let, let the people know. It's in the bio, so it's important. It's super important. So this may have been like 2017, 2018. I had challenged myself just creatively. I was feeling like I wasn't sharing enough content, you know, on Instagram, not necessarily in comparison to somebody else, but just knowing that like, you you know, like to grow your audience, you have to consistently, you know, share content. So I said, well, let me at least share a recipe a week. The first week I did crab cakes because that's like super simple. It's really easy to do. They seem, I think, more intimidating what they really are. And it's just because crab is maybe more costly than chicken and salmon and whatnot. But a good crab cake probably has four to five ingredients in it, depending on who's making it. So the next weekend, I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make. But that Sunday... I had literally just gone over past the Horace's house and he had shown me how to make his mac and cheese. You know, him and my great aunt to me probably have the two best traditional mac and cheese recipes. My great aunt Sarah had already passed before I really got to learn the recipe from her. Not that Pastor Horace was like the next best thing, but like his was a recipe that I, you know, equally valued and respected. So I was like, oh, you know what? Like, let me make mac and cheese. And I didn't want the crab meat to go bad. So I was just like, well, let me just like throw the crab in there and kind of see what happens. Uh, yeah, that's so dope. But I mean, like, like who doesn't do stuff like that in their household? It blossomed for you into like something really big. So that's pretty cool, yo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like my DMs, like the, the crab cake one, people are like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. My DMs for the crab mac one were like, how do I order? When can I pick up? Like, it was this whole thing where, again, I was just like, I'm just sharing a recipe. You know, like, I hadn't even thought of it in the lens of monetizing it in, you know, in any sort of way. But we're now, like, three years in. I made a pan for somebody today. I made six pans yesterday. So it's been, like, the thing that just continually, it'll have waves where, I'll just randomly get texts from people like one person started out with two pans. By the time they got to my house, they had ordered five pans, you know? So it's just like, wow, five pans. It sounds like you need a restaurant. That's that's a lot to do in a kitchen, in a house. I mean, that's what that, I mean, that's definitely a part of the plan. Like I've always said that I want some sort of brick and mortar space where I'm able to sell food, but then also like shoot the content for like YouTube and for social. And then there's an education background. Like I'm at Howard right now getting my master's in special education. There was, a, I think, a need while I was uh, full time in Montgomery County Public Schools, just knowing that every student isn't meant to go to a four year college and university or that they're going there for something very specific. Like I want to go into business because I know that I want to open my own restaurant. They're not really going to know that if they don't necessarily have 
as much exposure. And so in this kind of brick and mortar, I want to be able to have students to also come get their ServSafe certification. When I was working at Paint Branch High School, they had a, a restaurant management program where you could graduate with your ServSafe and go work at a restaurant and be a line cook and do all of those things where you could still go to school, but you were also able to make solid money, you know, like on the side and really do something that you were passionate about versus just, oh, I'm going to go to college and just take all these, you know, kind of general classes, but still not really have the purpose or direction that you're desiring. Right. And accumulate debt. <laughs> you know, that's a whole separate rabbit hole we can go down. Right, right, right. Um, You know what I noticed is pretty cool about you telling me your story is each one of your questions, it's had somebody that's like God placed in your life at that time to kind of guide you along for each one. So like the first question, you tell me about the young lady that had the event. The second one, you know, you told me about the guy, the graphic designer that helped you with the name. And third one, you talked about Pastor Horace with his mac and cheese that, you know, has led to like your own little specialty. So that's pretty cool. I don't know if you noticed that, but point that out to you. <laughs> yeah, I think like hearing you say it back, it's just like, I think one of the principles that, that I think resonates the most with me from Pastor Horace is, is that no relationship is disposable. And I've just seen that kind of proverb or that teaching kind of resurface itself in my life in so many different facets, cooking, production, journalism, you know, like teaching or not, where I realized that like, it's not just me. It's not just going to be me to get me where I need to go. Um, and so I think if anything, it allows me to, to understand that, like, not to sound like I'm a part of high school musical, but like, we're really all in this together and that it's like us collectively, you know, I'm a do the dance. Um, but it's like us collectively helping push each other to where we want to go versus it being solely about like me, 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 and I, I. Right, for sure, for sure. So what's been the most difficult part of your journey so far? Time management and, like, pricing. Now I'm to the point where, like, I'm getting people who don't question why I'm pricing things a certain way, as I'm sure, you know, like, you're in the photography space as well. Totally understand that. And I'm actually going through those woes as well. So, like, well, not the time management part, but definitely the pricing. <laughs> And that's more so like not trying to do too much or like, you know, you know your worth. My the example that I, I always speak about is I had done a birthday party for this family in Upper Marlboro slash Mitchellville, Maryland in a gated community. Right. So like we had to give our names. It's a golf course, you know, in their backyard, the whole shebang. Now, the event went over really well. The guy's neighbor who lives in this same community asked for my contact information because he really appreciated my food. He had come for the, the birthday party. So me and him were emailing back and forth. He's just like, yeah, you know, that price is not within my range, which is fine. Um, so can we remove the crab cakes and the sales tax? Wait, what? You don't do that at a restaurant. I'll be, I'll be... Sorry, I'll be damned, Thomas. The sales tax? I've heard a lot of things, you know, like, oh, well, can we just get two or three items versus, like, five? But, like, I had never heard anyone ask me to remove the sales tax. And I'm just like, the sales tax ain't even for me. You know, like, 
right. You you gotta pay Uncle Sam. What? I see no profit from charging you sales tax. So like that's been super um difficult because sometimes you do feel lowballed in certain situations. And I think like knowing your worth, most recently I've been doing these virtual baking classes with Montgomery College, which is a local college to the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. First class that I did, my rate was $300, but not everyone got their baking kit. So they asked me to come back again and do the class. And they, they paid me $200 since it was really just a repeat of the first class. And I was like, sure, no problem. You know, I'm making $500 versus making three for the same content. Like, I really have no issue with that. So they wanted me to do three classes for the summer, one in one in June, one in July, one in August. We just did one this past July. I mean, this past June, I'm sorry. Um, she asked me to submit an invoice. Hey, you know, like, can you submit an invoice for $600, $200 for each class? Normal Thomas would have just been thankful and glad to be in the room, and I would have just submitted it for $200, but I replied back to her email and said, hey, well, the first time we did it, you know, my rate was $300, is there any wiggle room to get closer to that rate? Or, you know, if not, then let's have that discussion. But, you know, is that a possibility since that was kind of the rate that we had established from the beginning? So her response was, oh, my goodness, thank you so much for refreshing my memory. I had completely forgotten that we, you know, we charged you or you charged us 200 just to do the repeat, but your original rate was $300. So when she went to talk to her supervisor, her supervisor was just like, honestly, Thomas is so valuable that we really can't pay him his worth, but we're going to pay him $500 per class. Had I never said anything, had I just submitted the invoice for $600, that would have been the difference of $600 and $1,500 for the exact same content, for my exact same time, effort, energy, all of those things. And so I think because I've been doing it for so long now, knowing that like the talk about money that a lot of creatives or it's not really defined a lot of times can be uncomfortable. Um, and sometimes it's uncomfortable because of the rejection of it, because you still want the job or the contract or, you know, the whatever. So you will do anything to just make it work. But Sometimes it's cool when, you know, like it blew my mind that, I mean, they came back with even more money than what I had already, you know, kind of had imagined. That was a really great, I think, teachable moment for me to not be scared and asking for my worth and that it's really a negotiation. Even if they had come back and said, cool, we can't do 200, but we could do 275. Well, then that's an extra, you know, $225 again for the same value for the same time energy effort that i would have put in making six hundred dollars all right okay so now i see like where going back and studying business factors into that so okay okay cool 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 what would you say is the hardest part about running your business so far i think that time management piece that i kind of talked about earlier I'm I'm a person where i feel like my hands be in a lot of different things and so there's like an event planning side to who I am, a catering side to who I am, a production side to who I am, a local politics side to who I am. And so just giving 
all of those spaces enough time, but then also realizing like my website is kind of going through a redesign because aren't they all, but like realizing like, yo, hire the person who really knows how to do that and not like a lot. I mean, sure. You want to walk them through it. And if they have questions and you don't have to do everything on your own. So understanding the value in creating a team and knowing people who have the resources that you need, even if it's just, again, just for the project. And it's actually like one of my mentees redoing the website, having someone who can do that so that all of those things can can come into fruition. So I would definitely say the toughest part outside of like people wanting to remove the sales tax, um, knowing when to outsource, knowing when it's a skill that you need to learn just so that you, you know, are your most effective self. Well, has anything surprised you so far on your path with Thomas Time? I think most recently, just like the cookbook thing, just because like it kind of came out of left field. I think even being able to go on Good Morning Washington was surprising just because like I kind of determined, you know how you feel like I should be able to do this now. And so you send the email I, again, I worked at WJLA, so I still had some relationships there. Um, so I reached out to one of my friends and said, hey, who's the person that books the morning shows? So she gave me her email, and I sent the person at the time. Her name was Poet Taylor. So I sent her an email saying, hey, I used to work at WJLA. I've done some stuff with BET and kind of all these other spaces. And I'm now in culinary. If you ever need someone for a food program or a food segment, you know, please keep me in mind. And her response was, okay, well, we need someone in two weeks, you know, so what do you want to do? I was expecting like, thank you so much for reaching out. We'll keep you in consideration. I was expecting the professional decline, but it's been opportunities like that where I've literally just kind of like put myself out there or like other people have seen what I've been able to do and they'll reach out. And, and even after doing that, like I, one of the producers from Fox kind of reached out and was just like, why don't you ever come on our morning show? You know, like, why are you only on WJLA? And I was just like, I mean, say less. Like, when when do you want me to be there? So it's stuff like that where I don't even know how people sometimes are coming across my content or my socials or, or how they're even coming across just, like, who I am. So some of those opportunities have just kind of blown my mind. Um, that's pretty cool. I always tell people that those people that you say you don't know how to get there, they're right where they should be anyway. So, um, well, it's been pretty inspiring to hear your story, and I'm pretty sure you inspire people, whether you know it or not. But who or what would you say inspires or motivates you? Woo. Like, are we crying on this episode or? Oh, man. If you have to, that's okay. It's a, it's a number of people. Really, like, truthfully, my great aunt, my great aunt Sarah. I think just being able to see her move with such grace and such class, knowing that she came from a time where, again, like, she was cleaning houses, you know, like that was her only kind of mode of a vocation, just given where she had grown up in North Carolina. To see her just to be able to create like these fantastic spreads and and just really create community. I think that has always been with me and it sucks that she's not here because she probably is one of here here it goes here it goes you <clears throat> you hear it in my throat she's probably my biggest inspiration if I'm ever at an event and I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling like god when will this end 
I get a nudge from her. I, you know, I remember something she said, or I remember something she's done, or I'll hear like, you know, you're going to be all right, Suge, you know, like, you're going to be cool. You're going to be all right. It'll be that that gets me through the next moment. So she's probably as far as like culinary and life, like obviously both of my parents, just seeing where they came from and where they're at now is always super inspiring. And then, you know, professionally, there's so many people that I think that are doing culinary well in the digital and social space. There's uh, Joshua Wiseman, who's always trending on YouTube. He's got this series called But Better that I'm kind of like enamored by. I just love the way he is interacting on a social space, especially on YouTube, because that's where a lot of content creators can like actually generate revenue. Darius Cooks, I primarily watch his content on Instagram and he's funny. He's actually in the Atlanta area, but like super witty, super sarcastic. So like him, uh, Gabby McBay, who a uh, classmate at Coastal kind of connected us to, but just even her journey and her evolution, she recently just moved to LA, kind of took that leap of faith. So it's just like encouraging and inspiring to see like another young kind of culinary, creative, multi-hyphenate, where like it's no real clear-cut definition on what it is that she wants to do, but to see her to be able to flourish and all those things, those are probably the three people who I, I feel like I look to the most when I'm trying to create content or, again, not necessarily emulate what they're doing, but I like that they have a relatability to them. Um, they have an easiness of just watching their Insta stories or looking at their content where you really feel like, oh, they my cousins. And Josh Wiseman is white, you know, so like it's not even a, a color or a race thing or, or, an, or an ethnicity thing. It's really just like one, I feel like I can really relate to the content that they're putting out. What advice would you give the next person in your field? Any tips or tricks? Oh, man, I think... Really, because no one's journey is the same, it's really understanding or doing as many things as you can to expose yourself so that you know what you want to do and what you don't want to do. You know, there's some people who want to open restaurants, but who never want to cater. You know, like, they have no desire to do it. They never want to do a wedding. You know, they never want to do any of that because it it may not be how their processes are set up. So I would definitely tell them to expose themselves to as many opportunities as possible. Not to sound like so churchy or so Christian or, you know, like whatever, but like it really does all work together. But I think just like now reflecting on some of those experiences, they've been all kind of in different spaces, but yet it's all worked together. You know, I was working in Montgomery County Public Schools for almost five years before transitioning to TV One, but I got my SurfSafe certification working at Paint Branch. You know, like there's students who I've met that have connected me, you know, with further opportunities that I would not have had had those relationships had not been formed. And so I guess I would say in a succinct way, that a lot of times it feels like it's not adding up or that all of these puzzle pieces don't make any sense. Like, are these puzzle pieces all from the same puzzle? But just give it time. And that's difficult because we want everything instantly right now. And I think we see it happen for other people in what we believe is, is an instant way. Even Tap of the Brown story, like she was already doing videos for Tasty. She was already doing videos for Cooking Channel. She just blew up on TikTok, 
you know, but she already had content out there. So this didn't even really catch her by surprise. She was actually prepared for the moment that God had already been preparing her for. It's more valuable to be prepared than it is to get to whatever destination you want to be because you want to be prepared when it comes so that you have the confidence, the understanding, as much wisdom and knowledge as possible. One more quick story. So I recently had someone who I met out in LA reach out to me, say like, hey, I want to shoot a cooking a cooking show for the streaming platform that, you know, was getting ready to launch, you know, kind of what's your daily rate. And just the questions and the conversation and the dialogue that we're having, if I hadn't worked at TV One in their programming department, I wouldn't have really had the true understanding of what it is or what it takes to create a show to successfully have that conversation with me knowing, one, what my worth and value is, but also knowing what that environment needs to look like before I ever step foot on set. But again, all of those things were a domino effect for me to be able to have a fully formed or as fully formed conversation based on the wisdom and knowledge that I have versus just being like, oh, cool, you want me to do a cooking show? Like, okay, I'll be there. But it's just like, is the budget right? Like, what's the budget for food? Is there a stylist? How long is this license? You know, just kind of, is there a per diem? Like, what what are we doing for travel? All of those questions, I think, had this person or a similar person had approached me in 2015 or 2016 prior to me working at TV One. I don't know if I would have had the understanding or the appreciation for what a production is really supposed to look like and what it's supposed to be. But again, some of that literally just came with time of being diligent, of making mistakes, you know, so just learning how to really grow from those, learning how to, you know, maturing in a way where those are truly lessons and not L's is I think something that you can never have enough of. As long as you feel like you are doing right and your heart was in the right place, I think that even allows for issues of conflict to be resolved quicker because the person knows that, okay, cool, like, but I know that this is a good person. So they weren't just doing this to be malice or, you know, anything like they really, they truly just messed up. And guess what? We all mess up. Right. Well, that's been pretty good advice. That's, that's a handful. And I hope whoever needs to hear that takes it all in <laughs> all right well i'm gonna wrap up the interview i always ask this as my last question i know you've kind of pretty much answered it anyway but did you speak or manifest this path or did it unexpectedly land in your lap it's a great question i think there's parts of the path that have been manifested and then some of them have kind of naturally come out of just following towards a culinary goal i'm picking the red and the blue pill but, you know, there's definitely been times where I've been, like, dedicated and focused, like, cool, this is what exactly I want to do. And I think for me, the manifesting part of it isn't as much so as, like, a, I want to be a millionaire on Tuesday, January 32nd of 2020. Like, that part of the manifesting, to me, isn't as much so as a part of actualizing the space that you want to be in. And so I definitely know that I've been intentional about like 
spaces and rooms that I would like to be in and understanding how I can get into those spaces and what I'm supposed to do in those spaces. So I would definitely say some of that has been more of a manifesting, but to me, it has always never truly looked like what I thought it was supposed to look like. But then when I got there, I'm like, oh, this is actually what I had been praying for, had been journaling about, or had been meditating on versus again, like I need to have a Bentley by, you know, the first of the month in the year 2025. The material part of the manifesting to me is not as much so important as like the internal piece or just the purpose aspect of it. And I think I have found the longer that I've been on this journey, more purpose or more understanding of what these gifts are supposed to be used for. Like I did this anniversary dinner a couple of weeks ago and just like seeing the love in that room and what was transferred between both of us allowed me to realize that this is the space that I want to be in. Like I want to be a part of helping other people celebrate these monumental times of love, of life, of laughter. And so that is more important for me to figure that out then if I'm, you know, what tax bracket I got to be in by, you know, a certain age. Well, tell the people how they can find you on the social medias. So on Instagram, it's Thomas Time underscore TV. And again, time is spelled like the herb, T-H-Y-M-E. It's the same on Facebook as well. And then the website is thomastime.com. It's been a beautiful story, and thank you so much for being a guest. I wish you so much continued success. And, I mean, and, and thank you. I mean, this is also a, a story of, like, no relationship is disposable. So just, like, knowing you for forever and just, like, seeing you being able to grow and kind of continue to manifest this journey that you are on um, has been dope. It would have been harder for us to connect had we not already had that prior, you know, connection and there was just like an ease in the conversation. And so just like even thankful for this particular time and space that you have allowed me to be able to be in. So. Thank you for tuning in to the Spoken Path podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review on your podcast platform. Also, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Spoken Path Podcast. Tune into the next episode as we walk along the Spoken Path with our next guest. Peace and love.